a good scripture to quote Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 and 5. So important. God created the world through words. And I've said it here before. Everything, everything that you see came through words from God's mouth. And we were created in His image. You were created in His image. And that's why God says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your words matter. What you say, not what you think. That's important. But what you say matters. What you hear matters. Because what you hear frequently will go into your spirit. And before long, you own those words. And before long, you hear yourself speaking those things. It's so important the way God has created the world. Jesus said, you will give account of every idle word that you speak on the day of judgment. There are no idle words. Your words are doing something. Your words matter. When you become a Christian, the first thing to realize is that you are born again into a new family of God. And just like you are born again into or born into your family... You have to begin to learn to speak your native language. Your native language. And your native language is drawn out of scripture. And you must take everything the word of God says. Today I am preaching on God will provide. God will provide. The words of God that you receive and obey will change your life. Your life depends on the word of God that you hear and obey. You don't obey when you don't receive it. Every time you don't receive that word, it will never stay with you. Most likely, before you leave, it's gone. Because you're not willing to accept it. You have your own ideas and you're not going to accept it. It's gone from you and it's gone. You don't think about it. It's the words that you take from God that is God himself. Because God and his word are one and the same. If something is wrong in your life and you found the medicine from the word of God, which is the word of God, that's the Bible says, the word is like medicine, and you bring that word into your life, just like medicine... By and by, before long, you start, start feeling well in that area. And that's the way the word of God says. You know, in Romans chapter 6, beginning from verse 17, it says, But God be thanked that though you were a slave of sin, Everyone was born a slave of sin. But here, the scripture is saying, you were. That's in the past. 
You're no longer a slave to sin. You may sin, but you're not a slave to sin. Sin doesn't have control over your life as a Christian. You're free. According to God's word, let God be true and every man a liar. That's what the scripture says. But God be thanked. We thank God that though you were a slave of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart. Yet you have obeyed from the heart, the heart, that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Listen, the form of doctrine that you receive will determine your future. A lot of Christians are so concerned about false doctrines. You got your Bible? It's in English, right? You can read for yourself. That's the truth. I don't have to be afraid he's going to give me some false doctrine. I can read the book. It's in English. Is means is. Was means was. Don't go define what is really is. It's there in the scriptures. You can read it. That's what it says. You receive the form of doctrine. The form of doctrine that you obeyed from the heart frees you from sin. And that's a powerful thing. If you get the wrong form of idea, the wrong form of doctrine, or you had your own ideas before the word of God came, and you rejected the form of doctrine that was delivered to you, guess what? You still remain a slave. It's the word that changes the man. He's the word that frees you. As powerful as sin is in a man's life, if you obey the right form of doctrine from your heart, you're free. And so the next verse says, Haven't then been set free from sin? You see that? You became slaves of righteousness. I'm no longer a slave of sin. Can you say that with me? If you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, say it with me. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am now a slave to righteousness. I didn't say that. God said that. You want to disagree with him? He knows everything about righteousness, okay? I'm no longer a slave. And the only reason you are free is because you receive that form of doctrine. It's the form of doctrine that frees people. You know why I'm saying this? Is many times we hear things and we have our own ideas. Well, I don't believe that. That's what you hear. They're going by their own understanding of what every other person is saying. I suffered for that reason. Because you listen to what people say. It's not in the Bible. Sometimes I trick people. I tell them, can you turn please to Ezekiah chapter 4 verse 11. That scripture is right there. There is no book of Ezekiah. It just sounds like scripture for you. But you have to receive what God says in the word. Come with a clean slate. 
ready to receive what God is saying. That's the only way God can work with you. You know, I was sharing some scriptures. I think that's uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. Jesus says, if you are not with me, you are against me. Once you disagree with his word, guess what? You're fighting him. Because you're leaning on your own understanding. If you don't understand, I say, well, I don't quite understand. I'm going to search the scriptures to find out. Because Jesus actually says, said, you search the scriptures. He said that. Search the scriptures. Because you believe in it, you have eternal life. But he said, they all speak about me. So when you go to the scriptures, you begin to have revelation from God. So don't just dismiss the word of God because you've heard things that contradict it. It's, it's there in the scriptures. It's like a woman, she, she, she made her mind ready. She was not going to receive this preacher because they labeled that preacher some kind of a preacher that preaches something. And, and she had her mind ready to resist him. And he said, turn to this scripture. And he quoted the scripture. I mean, he gave them the scripture and everybody turned to it. And then he started reading the scripture. Before he got through, the woman stand up, stood up and said, we don't believe that in this church. He said, ma'am, I just read the scripture. She says, I don't care what you read. We just don't believe that. And that's the attitude some people have with regards to the word of God. They, they just fight it. They just don't want it because they have their own comfortable belief. That says you are resisting God. I said all of this to say this. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ is not going to redeem us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, why is the curse removed? To redeem me by back. To separate you from something that was ungodly. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You don't have a curse upon your life anymore. Can I hear an amen? Christ has redeemed us. Not going to. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? Sickness and disease. Read in the scriptures. Deuteronomy 28. One of those things. Sickness and disease. That's part of the curse. God said all these curses will come upon you. But now Jesus has separated us from those. Just like he separated us from sin. And sin no longer, we are freed from sin. God says, I free you from the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He hung on the tree. And because he hung on that tree, we're free from the curse. And one of the curses is sickness and disease. That's not part of your heritage. According to God. You can welcome it if you want to. But it's not part of 
the heritage. That's not part of God's inheritance for you. And you are God's inheritance. Ephesians chapter 1 tells you that. And look, God will protect his inheritance. And you are it. God doesn't want a sickly inheritance. That's because we don't know. Or because we resist the word. And we have our own ideas. And we compare and say, well, if that's true, how come you have so many Christians sick among us? Well, that's because they all reject the word. Simple. God cannot lie. Read through the scripture. Want. Want. He's part of it. Not having. He's part of it. He's part of the curse. That's what Jesus, the word of God tells us. Not having peace. That's another one. Not having peace, can't sleep, troubled by all kinds of things, your children, and all of that's part of the curse. Read Isaiah 54. He said, in righteousness you will be established. Great shall be the peace of your children. Well, if you don't have peace, how 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 come your children have peace? It starts from you. That's what the scripture says. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Once he is part of the curse. Not having, he is part of the curse. He says that the blessing of Abraham may come upon may come upon the Gentiles. How many Gentiles do we have here? I'm number one. That's God's desire. That you have the blessing of Abraham. You want to find God's will and what God's dying to do, if you let me use those words. He can't help. He wants to do that. He wants you blessed just like Abraham. That's what the scripture says. He wants you blessed as much as he blessed Abraham and the Jews. Why? He has taken away the curse. Nobody begged him to take the curse away. He doesn't want that in your life. Why should you want it? He doesn't want anything like want in your life. No sickness, no disease. He put that on his son. And his son hung on the cross so that we can be free. And the only reason we are suffering under it, we have rejected the word. But if we believe that form of doctrine that's delivered to us, then we are set free. Amen? Don't ask me. Don't ask me how God's going to do it. That's not your business. That's his business. All he's asking you, obey the form of doctrine. Obedience is just to say, I accept that. And I'm going to carry myself that way. Amen. He wants you to have the spirit. That we may receive the promise of the spirit. You don't know what that means. That's so huge. Jesus, the Spirit of God came on him. Remember? It would be a silly thing to say say something. Let's go to Jesus' home. Jesus of Nazareth, he's sick. Where did you get that from? What Jesus are you talking about? Jesus? 
it's not going to happen. Because the Holy Spirit came on him. Have you ever read Peter was sick? Have you read in the scripture, Peter was sick? You think they were not humans? They knew the words, amen? And they accepted the words. And they lived by the word. They abandoned everything for the word. That's what I want God to do for me. Not just to go to church and sing a few hymns. And worship God. And nothing is changing. God can free you from sin. How powerful that is. Why can't he provide for your needs? The provider is here. Amen. The provider is here. You know, Jesus said in John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come but for to steal. The thief does not come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have what? Life and have life more abundantly. So why is Satan coming if you got nothing? Why will a thief come into your house and you don't even have furniture? It will still work. You got nothing in the house. There is nothing. They're not coming. A thief will make sure they've investigated is this, that house is loaded, right? That house is loaded. You see that gold chain is wearing? Right? They're loaded. Even the kids have chains. I mean gold. That house is loaded. Why will a thief come into you? Notice what Jesus says. The thief doesn't come but for to steal and to kill. But see, why is Satan coming after you when you got nothing? You must have something that he doesn't have. That he wants. Amen. If you don't say amen, I will. Yes. Yes. He'll have something that God has delivered to you that he doesn't want you to have. He wants to steal it from you. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What does that mean? Are you dead? What does that mean? You're not dead when you receive, before you receive Christ, you were alive, right? After you receive Christ, you're still alive. So what does that mean? That you should have life and have it more abundantly. Some say, oh, pastor, I get, that's the question. I have the answer. He wants to take us to heaven and where we can have eternal abundance of life over there. Well, why didn't he just take you up to heaven after you got saved? So you can have your abundant life over there. But he came to give us abundance of life right here where we live on earth. And that's the truth. He came to give us abundant life. The only reason we don't have, Jesus said, we don't believe. If you can only believe, all things are possible to those who believe. You see, 
I preach this message because I'm praying to God for all of you. I want you to have. You can't, let me tell you, you know, let's not get too religious. When you come to church on Sunday morning, and you know they are threatening to take your house the next day, foreclosure for your house the next day, <laughs> and, 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 and you haven't eaten for the past two days, you sit in the congregation, but you won't even hear one word that I said. Your mind is all over the place. How can that be abundant life? Would you do that to your son? Think about it. If you have a child, and you have all the powers in the world, you have all the resources in the world, and you have a child, and this child is going to be thrown out from their home and they live to live in the streets, would you allow it? Did Jesus not say, if you, earthly fathers, being evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Remember that? Matthew chapter 7. How much more we, you see, we forget that we have a heavenly father that loves us so much. And the only problem is we can't trust him. And that's painful to me. We can't trust him. You say, well, he's more focused on how bad I've been. Well, he paid the price for your sin on the cross. He knew how bad you were. But he still was willing for his love for you to do that for you on the cross. Because he wants you. And he wants the best for you. That's why he sent his son. Jesus said, the father sent me, right? Why, why did the father send him? His father sent him so that you can have life and have it more abundant, abundantly. You can't have abundant life when your kids haven't eaten in the past four days. I'm being real with you. That's not abundant life. That word will sound hollow to say you have a good God. But what I'm trying to say today, God is good. And he wants to provide for your needs. The provider is here with us. And he will meet you at your point of need. All I'm asking, trust him with all of your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. Through everything else you've heard about God and what's happening to you. Look not to the things that you see, but look to God who gave you a promise. Abraham had a promise from God. And then he was tested where he was going to lose his son. And so Abraham believed in the promise more than the trial. The test more than the trial. So God had the provision for him because he wasn't looking at the trial. He was looking at the promise of God. And God has promised to meet all of your needs. God has promised to meet all of your needs. The provider is here. If you're here this morning and you're listening to me, you know why? God wanted you to hear it. And he's going to see what you're going to do with it. Yes, it's the truth. Yeah, I can preach on different things. I only go by what I feel God's telling me to, to, to speak on. 
And this is what I believe. There are those here this morning, God wants to change your situation. You have been in wants too long. And God says, I can change that situation. If you will only believe me, I will transform your life. Your family will see it. I will make you a showcase. Everyone will see the goodness of God in your life. And they will begin to glorify your Father who is in heaven. Because you trust Him. All I'm asking for you today, from you today, trust Him. No matter what's going on in your life. Even if it has to do with your family, your children, the provider is here. He will provide for every need that you have in your life. Because He is a good God. And He loves you. He is not against you. He is for you. Because His Son died on the cross so He can have you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to provide for your need. Now listen. The provider is here. This is what God says. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. He says, And my God shall supply some of your needs. Yeah. And yeah, your need may be different from mine. Some of you, money is not the problem. You just need more peace. You need something to do with your kids or whatever it is. Maybe there is an emotional damage. You need some healing. God wants to provide all of that for us. He says, my God shall supply all your needs. How? According to, in relation to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus according to his riches in glory in his true Jesus to you. Amen. And I was asked this question. You got two guys. One is a multi-millionaire. Okay. And he wants to bless you according to his riches. Multi-millionaire. And then another guy shows up, he's a multi-billionaire. And he says, I want to bless you according to my riches. And you look at both of them. Here is the multi-millionaire and here is the multi-billionaire. Tell me which one you choose. Hello. Even as a pastor, I know to choose the one with the most. I'm telling you, I hold on to the multi-billionaire. Because when he's through blessing me, according to his riches, I'll become just like the multi-millionaire. Amen. Then I can bless. Amen. Then I can bless people, okay? Oh, yes. When he's through blessing me with his multi-billion, I'll become a multi-millionaire and I'm equal to the other guy. He says he will bless you according to his riches in glory. Do you know why he's in glory and he's not here? It's in promise form. And you got to believe it for it to be manifested. And we'll come into that. You know, the scripture that we normally quote a lot, and it's been my favorite scripture, one of them. Psalm 23. And all of you can quote it, right? I like Psalm 23. And I quote it to God a lot in prayer. Many times, I even open it and tell him, can we read it together, God? 
He says, the Lord is my shepherd. If you're here this morning and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, he's not your shepherd. And that's a terrible place to be. It's a frightening place to be. First in this life and then in the life to come. Many times I ask myself, I don't know how these people that have not given their lives to God, how they are able to, to live. I don't think I will survive out there. I live that way. I don't know how I made it. It must have been God's grace. But make Jesus your shepherd. That's the way God says it. There are many shepherds in the Old Testament. That's the way it's a picture in God's mind. David was a shepherd, right? Abraham, all of the great ones in the Old Testament. The Lord is my shepherd. What's the result of it? I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I will never know a day of want. That's what he's saying. And until you believe it strong enough, and every time you try to believe it, Satan comes at you and shows you the different wants you have in your life. God's testing you and he's allowing the enemy to test you. If you will look at that and say, well, if God's really with me, how come I have all of this? You've just missed the mark. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I will never know want. I will always have. And then he went further. He makes me to lie down in where? Green pastures. Nothing dry. Everything green. He is, he is, is he your shepherd? How come you are not laying down in green pastures? In green pastures. What's the color of the dollar? It's green. Yes. It's a pasture of dollars, okay? Notice, you turn to the right and it's still green. The movement might swell some of dollars to go up in the air a little bit. And then you can turn to the left if you want to, and it's still green. He makes you to lie down in what? Green pastures. Is it lying to us? Did he mean what he said? Do we believe that this can ever happen? It's just by faith. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. And then you say, well, that's money. But I, I just want peace. He leads you beside this still water. Everything in your life is peaceful. Because he is your shepherd. He is your provider. You need peace, he'll let you have it. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still water. He restores your soul. You know what that means? Some of us have suffered rejection. Serious rejection and it's still affecting us till today. 
the rejection is not in your spirit, it's in your soul and in your emotions. You need some restoration. The provider is here. Somebody wronged you and rejected you. God is welcoming you. You are his child. He will restore your soul. So all of those ill feelings and all those ill feelings of uh, not feeling, I mean, I mean, worthlessness, that's what I was looking for. Feelings of worthlessness, all of those things will disappear when he's your shepherd. And your soul is restored as new. He restores my soul. He also leads you in the paths of righteousness. He walks so that you don't, yeah, he knows your mistake, but he's guiding your feet in the paths of righteousness. And the Bible says, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Psalm 5 verse 12. You, O Lord, will bless the righteous. You will surround the righteous with favor as with a shield. So for that reason, he leads and guides you in the paths of righteousness so that everywhere you go, you get favor. The provider is in your life. Favor has come to you because your shepherd, your provider, he's in your life. All we have to do is believe him. All we have to do is believe him. He also knows you have some difficult times. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because he is with me. Though I walk through, that means you're just going through, no matter what you're going through right now, you're going through it, you're not camping there. You're just going through it. And he knew, he led you. Remember, he's leading you in the paths of righteousness. You belong to him. Even when you go through the dark times in your life, he's leading you because there's something bigger on the other side. There's something greater on the other side. But you won't get through it until you go through the Red Sea. But he'll divide the sea so you can walk on dry ground. That's why you have nothing to fear even though you're going through it. Even though you're going through it. You're not camping there. You're going through it. Say it, with, say it from your heart. The troubles I'm going through right now. I'm not camping there. I'm just going through it. There's something better for me on the other side. Because the Lord is with me. Then he says, as soon as you go through that, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God really means this? Listen. If one of the very rich people or the president prepares the table by himself for you, you know what you're going to be enjoying, right? This is the king of the universe. (laughs) He's preparing a table himself for you. That's the provider. 
We talk as if these things are fables. Will they really happen? That's because we won't believe. We won't believe. You know, I've said this and I'm sharing this morning. Angel and I, we've seen a lot. One door closes. Now we're getting very used to it. There's no room. Before, we'll have to walk through it. I remember one time it was so difficult. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know what God did? He brought a man, a very wealthy man, into the church. And from that man, I don't know what transpired. That was our deliverance. It seems like every time something comes against us, before, before that thing even settles, another door bigger and better than the old one, he's, he's come. He does it. God's so faithful in doing these things. So you know what the scripture says? Goodness and mercy shall follow me how many, how many days? How many days? Please don't tell me, Pastor, I'm not feeling good today. Well, yeah, be quiet. Okay? It says, goodness and mercy shall what? How many days of your life? Does that include the days that you feel bad? Oh, yes. All the days of my life. And you're dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. That's later. But right now, I got goodness. I got two big individuals, two angels following me everywhere I go. One of them is called goodness. The other one is called <laughs> mercy. Every time I need mercy, I say, mercy, is you still there? He said, yeah. And every day I say, oh, how is, how is it goodness? Are you still here right now? He said, yes. Because God has commended it. Amen? God has commended it. And what God commands stays. You don't have to feel it. He's there. You don't have to smell it. He's there. Don't go trying to... Goodness, you stay here. He is that great God. Amen? You see, I'm looking at blessed faces. Amen? Every one of you blessed. Every need. That's my prayer. And I know God will answer my prayer. That's why I'm preaching this message. Every one of you will be blessed in Jesus' name. God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. Because he said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And you are blessed. And by the grace of God, I give you the word of God. And if you believe that form of doctrine... Watch out! May the blessings of God pursue you, knock you over, and may you never recover. Amen. Amen. God loves you. What, child, what father won't want the best for his child? You show me one, and I'll call CPS on them. There's no father. And Jesus was very clear. You earthly fathers mean well for your kids. Why? He has all the powers. We're not just believing him enough. We're not believing the sacrifice God made for us through his son to make these things available for us. 
Let his, the death of his son not be in vain in your life. Make that a mission in your life. Amen? His death will not be in vain in my life. Never. God wants you blessed. He has a lot of work to do in, the, in, this, in this world. And it takes funds to do it. We want to build something in Africa. I will be glad if somebody comes to me and says, hey, hey, Pastor, here's $100,000 for that work. I may not say much, but when I get home, it will be a dancing time before the Lord. Thanking God for what he has done. God has to put it through his people. And it is depending on you. And he's going to do it. Amen? He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. We will never lack. Say with me today, stand up. I'm continuing with this next Sunday, okay? I got some more to say. Please come back. Yes, come back because he will stay with you through life. You see, when you're forgotten and you're going through troubles, the Holy Spirit will pull those things out from your spirit and remind you so that he can reach out to you and bless you. This is an assignment for every one of you. May God give you ears to hear today. Say before God, even if you have, because what you have is still not enough. Amen? For what God has for you and your assignment. From this very day, when God reminds you, say it out loud so you hear yourself. Especially if you are in deep want. In whatever area. Not just money, please. Not just money. Even if it's sickness. Say it. The Lord is my shepherd. I will never know a day of want. Till I see him face to face. Amen. Declare it. And declare it with boldness. Not looking at your own resources. Because you don't, we don't have it. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing means nothing. So you can boldly say, from your heart, the Lord is my shepherd. And as long as Jesus is my shepherd, I will never know a day of want. Young people, you need it. It's better now that you establish that foundation before you get to the future. Ezekiel, I mean, um, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 tells us that. Remember the Lord your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil day, Angela talked about the evil day draws near. You got to remember that. Please say that with me today. No matter what you're going through, God has a healing for that problem. Whatever it is. Yours, your problem might be different from me. You need something from God. That's what you are declaring. I'm not going to be in want. God's going to deliver me. Isaiah 52 says, shake yourself from the dust. Shake yourself from the dust. He says, stand. And then he says, sit down. Declare with me. The Lord. He don't sound convincing to me. (laughs) Good. The Lord. 
is my shepherd. I have accepted him as my shepherd. Therefore, I will never know another day of want for the rest of my life. Amen. 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 And I tell you this, those words are eternally true. They came from the throne of God because it is written in the scriptures. If you stand by that, things will change no matter what. They are going to change by the word of the Lord. Let's say it again. The Lord is my shepherd and I will never know another day of want for the rest of my life. Amen. And that were not true. Turn to the fellow next by you and declare it to them, okay? Turn around, tell them. Now, Amy, I'm going to tell you, I will never know a day of want.